Hey everybody, it's Brian. Just wanted to reach out really quick before the episode starts and let you know that about 40, 40 minutes into this episode, uh, it's going to sound like two children are losing their minds, and uh, that's because they are, and they're in a different room, and uh, I don't know why I felt in the need to give a disclaimer on it, but it still feels like the right choice, because even while editing, it definitely caught me off guard. So, just so you know, it's not your kids, or if you don't have kids, you didn't steal some kids by accident, everything's fine. Our kids were just a little grumpy. Okay, enjoy the episode. Bye! No, we're the not 2000s talking. 2000s movie. We're not yeah. talking about Yippee that. motherfucker! <laughs> the Die Hard is a trilogy. There is not any more films. <laughs> Yippee Kaye, mother flippers. <laughs> Let's see, there's Live Free or Die Hard. I'm no. pretty sure that was a Yippee movie. Yippee Kaye, no. I'm then there too was, old for this. God, what was the, the Die Hard? They what? are Die Hard in, in, in name only. The character of John McClane is not in those films. <laughs> What was that other Die Hard? A good honestly, Day to Die Hard? What? Wasn't it a Good Day, good to, day die- to Die Hard? Yeah, where he that- fought the Klingons. <laughs> the, the stretching of the Fast and Furious names are better than that. Oh, yeah. Well, now they've just given up. Now it's just, well, fuck it. Fast 8. <laughs> oh, no, they did do Fate of the Furious. Never mind that. Yep. Yeah. What are they going to do with 9? F9 of the Furious? <laughs> I have no idea. We're getting way off target here. So yep. we need to stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. Uh, so yeah, as I said earlier, welcome to the hype. Me as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always is Jonathan Hardison. Yeah, right here, Joey Darson. Hi. And back, all again. Jesus, man. From the a amount of money private you have to be spending liner. on. Pri- I didn't know he took a private. Yeah, jet. he's Jesus. throwing money you, and fuel out the. Had I known how much money Matt had, I'd been hitting him up for money this whole time. Yeah. I've been knowing him. I actually had to throw a million pounds out of the plane because of the weight. He's he's a secret millionaire. <laughs> Yeah. I don't need this. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to make it. Oh, I'll just throw this million out. fine. It's convenient. I got it in a briefcase, too. Yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. So Matt Dykes is back. Hi, Matt. Hi. Hi. So just kind of like uh, me and John, if you want to hear Matt, he's all over the network this week. Got Venture Brothers, got After the Hype. Yeah, he just spread himself all over the network and yeah. we can't clean it up. <laughs> Way to whore yourself out, man. <laughs> well, you know, if you're good at something. Just spread it everywhere. <laughs> oh, God, stop. No, nope, we're done. <laughs> just in all the crevices of the I'm web. I'm getting visuals now, and I'm, I'm not okay with it. I'll give, you some, I'll give you some audio. That's spread, that spreadable. Oh, God, no, we're done. We're that's done. Spreadable. Die hard. Die hard. That's spreadable dice. Die hard. Die hard. That, that's how I'm going to die. I'm going to die hard. <laughs> oh, never mind. It was worth it. It was definitely worth it. All right, pack that's, it up. We're that's done. called a John McClane. <laughs> Oh, God, he probably is a sex position or something. I'm sure he is. Uh, let's do a... Uh, where you keep your toes in the carpet. Is it when you have sex with somebody's mom and go, yippee ki uh, Get it? Get it? You're looking at me like you don't. No. no it, motherfucker. It, it, motherfucker. yippee ki motherfucker. Uh, uh, it was a good joke. yippee ki you <laughs> and me. So I, this I Christmas movie is a very uplifting Christmas movie. It really is. Yeah. Uh, but let's uh, let's do a Where Have You Been Doing first. I, oh, I, don't want to know. I like the Where Have You Been Doings. 
too. He apparently <laughs> does not. Ah, crap. I just keep rewatching The Office and Bob's Burgers. Like, I can't Could you say that to the microphone? Yeah, can you do that a little bit closer? <laughs> no, but I already talked about those on previous episodes. Uh, well, yeah, but this is a new episode. <laughs> and people forget the previous episode. So what is, should we, she's either watched Grimm, Once Upon... Bob's Burgers. I haven't watched Once Upon in a while. Thank That's you probably very much. A good thing. You gave a really good no. studio tone. Thank yeah. you. Oh, you did give Matt. You know what? Tone. I'm just going to talk about my where I've been doing of our to our bleeding heart sadness. Oh, good. Our local comic book shop <gasps> closed. God, you blast off. Oh. Rest in peace, blast <clears throat> off. We will miss you in North Hollywood off of Lancashire because you were, like I always say, Brian and I are not. A very frequent customers. We are very infrequent customers pretty much everywhere, except for Blast Off, which we actually really started to feel at home at. Oh, and yeah. then and Corn like to crawl around on the floor and have a little bit of freedom and he won't have that well, anymore. Well on the place let him. Uh, so that that's cool. Oh, yeah. That's but that's valuable. We walk in and the manager black like, just give me the kid and we yeah, just hand the kid to and Chris then we could shop. and then we go shop and, and Corn was out. happy about it. Like yeah. he thought it was great. So that's really too bad. Um and while we were there we learned that one of the local employees it's a weird thing to say <laughs> i like it i'm a uh, local employee <laughs> was a ex-writer on grim oh, yeah. uh and i was also doubled with my sadness of the store closing was doubly sad that i'm like i didn't realize i needed to be friends with this guy more He's really uh, cool guy. so i briefly got to talk grim to him and he thought it was funny that i was such a fan and he told me that the ending of the movie was or movie t- series was potentially going to be aliens and how uh, that got shut down. I'm like, thank God. <laughs> that wouldn't have been a very good way to end that show. So They it, made the right call. Yeah, like very like it was still very like wishy washy. It was like, is this a different dimension? Is this a different planet? Is it a different reality? Where exactly are we in the end of this series? Don't ask those questions. It's just it's another demon coming through a window to destroy our area. So <laughs> I need to watch this show. You do. <laughs> you know what? I'll say it now. That'll be my next show. You'll watch Grimm? I'll oh, I'm watch so Grimm. I'm so excited to rewatch Grimm with you. I'm going to watch it at my pace. So There's... you're going you're gonna to come in and out, but I'll, I will get through all of Grimm. Oh my God. The I'm saying Grimm... it now. I'm declaring it. The episode where uh, Frost... Don't spoil anything. ...is actually a dragon lady is amazing. What? Yeah. <laughs> just said don't spoil anything you know what i'm not watching it anymore oh. i'm kidding i will definitely okay. that'll be my next <laughs> but, thing so that's where i've been doing i'm in mourning uh i have been reading or i have read because it's done now so mine is also kind of bleak uh tomasi has been one of my favorite comic book writers in a long time and has been writing uh he was writing superman and then that got taken away from to give him to bendis tune in last week for uh what i think about bendis which is not bad. Could be better. Uh, but when they took it away, he was in the middle of writing Super Sons, which was an ongoing series, and it was phenomenal. And they took it away, and he kind of had to stop because Bendis wanted to age up John a whole bunch, and it kind of ruined Super Sons. But DC gave Tomasi 12 issues to finish out Super Sons, and he wrote, in my opinion, one of the best runs of any character at DC to date and that is the current run or the former run of super sons if you like these characters at all damian wayne or john kent this is the best series out there it is so fucking good and then it ended 
spectacularly and like it even like even like the last page almost brought a tear to my eye of like you know whenever like a series ends you always have a big the end like uh john's did it when he finished green lantern uh that's the only example coming to mind but it's happened a lot and for tomasi the very last end is the end and right above it in very pretty cursive is never so never the end it's like ah well done i love this series so much uh that's it for me though uh john what about you (laughs) Still reading those uh, Sookie Stackhouse books. And by the time this comes out, I'll be done with uh, Dead as a Doornail. So how are you enjoying the eroticism of these books? You haven't really talked about that. <laughs> it's fun. It, it, I think it's. I think in the first book, it was a little bit rougher. Like, maybe that's just, just because... The eroticism she, was rougher? Yeah, it, wasn't, it was more <laughs> awkward. Not quite as well written. Oh, when you say um, rough, I'm thinking good things. Oh, yeah. No, uh, the last <laughs> yeah. book, the book before this one... <laughs> The book before this one where Eric loses his memory and Sookie has to keep him at her house for the whole time while they mm. uncover a mystery that was... In his pants? I mean, they they sex a lot. It's, it's her own personal overboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm overboard and now you're overboard. And, hmm. Yeah, it's just... There was a couple. There's a couple chapters that are just like, okay, it's a. I mean, it's a good thing I'm on the road. Because <laughs> are you sure it's a good thing you're on the road? <laughs> Stop weaving, John. <laughs> woo, woo. <laughs> woo. This car is like, this car is rocking on the parking lot. No, it was just it was really cars are getting really close to you. Like. Yeah, I mean, it's a good thing I had air the AC working because it was very steamy. <laughs> but. Yeah, no, they've they've gotten a lot hotter, I guess. Whenever I say that, I keep thinking of you Peter. You had to do the fucking Paris Hilton version of hot, hot. <laughs> that's hot. No, see, but my mind goes to like the Peter Griffin being like, and then that happens, and that's hot. <laughs> but no, it's it's been fun, and the every book is a mystery, which I didn't realize necessarily that she came from a, the author came from a mystery writing background and it makes a lot more sense now that there's just I can see that yeah and it's the mysteries are fun this this one indebted as a doornail the shifters are being singled out and sniped so, like there's a sniper out there taking them out trying the to scrolls? take them out. the what scrolls shifters the shifters scrolls? yes they, they the, yes they weren't in the show really yeah I'm making a joke yeah <laughs> hilarious it wasn't a good one <laughs> Captain Holt voice hilarious <laughs> But no, yeah. So that then she's got. That was the most hilarious story I've ever heard. <laughs> that, that, that's the reaction my joke deserved. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. So she's got to figure out who's doing it, and I'll know who did it once this comes out. But not, I don't know it right now. So I'm just on the edge of my my seat, so to speak. And it's Bill. Probably Bill. I have no idea. Bill is starting to like take a back seat to this. Like we barely see him in these books now, and it's so weird because he was a very he was like the very forefront of the whole show with Sookie. And I think it's Gerald. <laughs> Probably Gerald. Yeah. Fucking Gerald. <laughs> and then now the fairies are coming in. She's got that fairy godmother character who, like, the show just kind of does away with really quick. Good. But it's a lot different in the books. Like, we're now diverged from the show so much that I'm just Good. like... Good. Yeah. <laughs> and the weird thing, though, is Tara is a white woman in Shreveport who owns a, a beauty salon. or a fashion, like, a, a clothing store. Tara can never be as bad as she was in the show. Right. My God, I hated that character. But yeah, yeah what about you? <laughs> Well, to be honest, I haven't really been able to watch much while I've been here because I've been going out, seeing LA, and shooting guns. And but you you flew back to England. Yeah, so and then what flew you... back the next day. Oh, okay. I decided. Did that you I'll... watch anything on your second plane ride? No. <laughs> you know, twenty hours is a long time. You no, know, with to that sleep. amount of jet lag, you're just lucky he can 
talk. <laughs> well, shit, we lost him. I still remember the day after we got back from Minnesota of a jet lag baby picking up from the freaking daycare and he's just asleep next to one of his teachers with another baby on her lap making they were not being quiet and corn's passed out I'm like oh jet lag baby <laughs> jet lag babies are funny babies uh are we ready to talk about die hard i'm just gonna yeah. move past max since he didn't really have anything to say is that okay with you matt you're not offended right yeah why not okay i was uh, gonna point out that i'm gonna go see the nakatomi plaza tomorrow but never mind well, you can mention that when we're talking about Nakatomi Plaza the here. Future. Yeah. Yeah. The future. The future. Don't worry. You'll have time to talk about it. Where I will be doing it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> but as if you've already done it. Yeah. Get with the time, man. Time, yeah. time is a flat circle. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I thought it was wibbly-wobbly. It is wibbly-wobbly. It's a wibbly-wobbly it's, circle. It's, it's a wibbly-wobbly timey-wimey circle. Yeah, it's yeah. not a flat circle. Actually, no, that first season was really good. Yeah, it was. It was really good. And then, oof. We're not going down that road. We're but go we are going to go down a different road. We're going to go down a different We're road. We're going to go up a, a tower. Up a tower. Not a skyscraper, but a tower. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we need to do an episode on skyscraper at some point. Although that would mean I'd have to rewatch We have, might have to go around a plaza. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, so Matt, your favorite movie is Die Hard, correct? Yep. Yep. Uh, would you say it's a flawless film? Uh, yeah. yeah. Y- you can't remove anything without... Without losing the you have like plot holes and there is nothing that you need adding in to fill any plot holes. It's just to me, it's everything's there. It's like the perfect amount of length. It's got the perfect pacing. Could you say say everything that happens to it in like thirty seconds? Yeah. Okay. Let's see if you can. I can do it. I can do it in five. <laughs> you can do it in five. Yep. Well, I'm going to give you 30, uh, and if you just need to take a victory lap for 25 seconds, that's up to you. We will wait uh, in silence while you do that victory lap. Uh, we will, and then in the edit, it will not sound like that at all, because <laughs> I'm not going to waste people's time with that. <laughs> but here you go. 30 seconds. We haven't done a 30-second breakdown in some time, but now no. I just want to see if Matt can do it. 30 seconds, die hard. Here we go, 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 go! Bruce Willis comes to LA to um, meet up with his estranged wife. There's some terrorists, and he says That's five seconds, by the way. Oh, wow. You were done. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> well, then well done. Yeah, you were right. Five seconds on the dot. And you know what? I actually didn't practice that. I mean, I was going to say it shows, but I mean, no, that was a good thing. I mean, you didn't mention fucking anything from the movie, but that's what the rest of the episode's for. Yeah. Uh, it's a bra- It's a basic outline of the story. No, you're, you're absolutely right. It's a log right. line. It yeah. is a log line. It's a, it's a very, like, one to two elevator pitch. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> You have five seconds. Impress me. I want to go on up to the second floor. Uh, I'm going to the mezzanine level. You got one second. Well, <laughs> I got a whole plaza to tell you about. Uh, so, Die Hard, it is often claimed to be the greatest action film of all time. Uh, if not that, just a great action film. And I kind of want to go around the table. We know where Matt's at, as he just clearly stated. Uh, where where do we land on this thing? Like, is it does it hold up to the lofty claims of what people say it is? John, what do you think? Uh, I haven't seen the movie nearly as much as maybe you guys have. Right. Um, but on the rewatch, it was entertaining. I was you know watching it the whole time. I was trying to do other things at the same time, but I couldn't. It was it kept my attention. It did what it needed to do, and it was very entertaining. So yeah, I think it holds up. Sure. But again, like I haven't. I've, that's probably the third time I've seen the movie, so I'm not nearly quite as uh, a fan of it. Okay. But it's still, for me, it still works. It still has an energy and a pop to it. Cool. Sure, what about you? <clears throat> I didn't see this when I was younger. Uh, growing up a... Had you seen it before? A young girl. 
Had you seen it before we started dating? Because I know I showed it to you nope. a couple years ago. Oh, wow. Nope. I hadn't seen any of these movies since we started dating. I still have yet to see any of the other ones. You were going to start making me watch them. I was. I think I bought them to show them to you. Well, yeah. We watched the first one. I went, um, I'm good. The other two. That's, that's fine. There's only two of those. Um, but there's so, four in my Shut up. <laughs> I will say, it is a very good action movie. Oh, this that is, feels like a very low review for Dino. No, it is like it is quite exceptional in its action. It is like a fantastic male fantasy. Oh boy. I will tell you that. And if I had to choose between this or Con Air, I would totally choose Die Hard first. I mean, I don't know why you immediately went to Con Air. I am very curious if about I'm that. Gonna talk, <laughs> yeah. If I'm going to talk... Of all I'm, the other action films yeah. that were available, Con Air. Because it's the, le, it's the Southern, level of Southern test- drawn Nicolas Cage. <laughs> School is very important. It's the level the of testosterone the present in these movies. Oh, sure. And, I, I'll give you that, yeah. And while Con Air drips with testosterone, uh, Die Hard <laughs> has it... In spades, but it's not losing control of it. So it's not dripping it. Con Air loses control of its testosterone. It just becomes a mess. It just pours out. <laughs> it it's, just pours out. I'm trying to get a gra- I'm trying to get a mental image of this, and I've got spades and like dripping things. Yeah. Okay, if you want a mental image, go back to our episode on Frozen and listen to how we talk about how Disney celebrated getting Frozen out. A se- it was a slide of semen through the office. <laughs> <laughs> One of those slip and slides? Yes. Yeah, covered just, in, in, in <laughs> because they made so much freaking money off of Frozen. They, they just couldn't stop coming but everywhere. They, they, they just jizzed all the money across yeah. the floor. <laughs> but see, it was a very disappointing slip and slide though, right? Because it just, you go, stop. <laughs> it's very gloopy. Oh, oh. Why did you say gloopy? No. <laughs> you yes. need to go to the doctor. <laughs> That's it. Go fly back home. Oh. It's like curdled milk. <laughs> but so yeah, I still enjoy watching this movie. <laughs> Good segue. Way to bring it back. <laughs> How much of that's going to get cut ha- out? I don't have None the nostalgia it. for it like you guys do. I don't have the idealistic like masculine image that you guys do. Well, I mean that that's kind of why I was excited to have you on for it. Uh, and it's because I I honestly feel and like that's where. I think the biggest problem with the movie is is that this one is kind of the quintessential guy movie. Like, find me a guy who doesn't like Die Hard. Like, I know they're out there. I know they exist. But most dudes enjoy it, at least at a base level. I'll tell you why, though. Because Die Hard was the first action film that had a relatable character. What? That's Well, no, because the 80s... John, John McClane. Like, look at the 80s, especially the 80s action films around the time. You can't relate to Arnold Schwarzenegger. You can't relate to Sylvester Stallone. I mean, I'm swole like both of them. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> they were always... This is a podcast. They don't know. Yeah, they were always the best at what they would do. They were always, like, you know, the toughest, strongest. Like, you know, John McClane was a cop. He was a blue-collar guy. the closest guy. I could get would be Indiana Jones. But even then, he was the, he was the best at what he does. He was, you know... But there's a subconscious... Like, there's a difference when you're watching those that the adventure film is more of, like exploring the deep you know these deep areas like the exploration is it's the more, thing yeah Die Hard and, for and, all and Jones, craziness is more grounded yeah right. Indiana yeah. Jones wanted to do these things John McClane if he could have done he would have run out of that door he because like the, the terrorists come through what's the first thing he does he runs away he doesn't go out and, and start shooting at him he runs away and hides and tries to call the police no other I, action star or hero of film, anything like that, would have had that in it. 
if that had been Arnold Schwarzenegger or anything like that, he'd have run out and he'd have killed all the terrorists and, you know, the film in that sort of location would have been done. He would have crushed him with his bicep and it's like, that's cool. Yeah. But at the same time, we can't, like, we're distanced. Well, no, there's something really interesting kind of like to what Matt's saying of the, the hero that is only doing it because he has to. Yeah, because the reluctant hero. Yeah, because every other plan he had failed. Yeah, hide and call the cops. Cops aren't showing up because they don't believe him. Yeah, uh, and then hiding clearly isn't going to work. I mean, it probably would have because yeah. he wasn't in the main room. He probably could have hid throughout the whole thing if he really wanted to. And then when the cops well, do turn he up, he also wanted to make sure they didn't kill his wife. Yeah, that was a that the, was the main like reason that he gets yeah. super involved. Yeah, but it's still that sort of thing of like that's the he has to get involved. He doesn't choose to get involved. He's like, oh shit, I have to do this. And that was the, that's the quintessential core of the McLean character. Every single one of these films, I'm not talking about... All the, five of them? All three of them. <laughs> that's my, one of my issues with the other, the other two supposed diehard films, which I'm not going to go into because that would just be the entire podcast of me ranting. Um, every single one of them, he has to... He, doesn't, he never volunteers for anything. You know, Die Hard 2, he's, he's stuck in the airport... He has to do it. Die Hard 3, he is the only one, you know, he's not even an active police officer. It's like Simon says, John McClane has to do this. And he's, and throughout the whole thing, he's like, oh, for fuck's sake, why? Is this why his marriage eventually fails? I mean, his marriage failed from the beginning because he's yeah. a shitty fucking Yeah, because husband. it means the whole, yeah. like, I don't have yeah. to do it, so I don't want to. But honestly, like that, that's kind of like to jump into, like, why I'm not the Die Hard fanboy that most dudes are and maybe it's just me I, I don't know but when I was growing up and when I saw this thing I always kind of found him hard to deal with and it, it just because of that he's kind of a shitty husband and like you never totally really is. definitely is but it's that whole thing of like the argument it comes from like he has the argument but he immediately knows that he's said a shitty thing so as soon, yeah. as, as, soon as she walks out the door he bangs his own things like yeah very good well done John very mature and that sort of thing, he knows he's shit at that point, which is why my favourite scene in the whole film is the bit where he's pulling the glass out of his feet and he's on the radio saying, find my wife, tell her that John said I'm sorry. Yeah, and, I, and it's that sort of thing, like he never said he was sorry and now and, he... And it's not a knock against this movie, obviously, because if this movie on its own, it does not address this problem, but the two sequels really destroy the sincerity of that moment. Yeah, well, because like, he doesn't actually learn from it. But I mean, just judging the movie on its own, we don't have that problem. That's actually mm. very true to his character, though. That's because yeah. I mean, John McClane is a very real guy like that. Like yeah. the idea of the cowboy, yeah. where a lot of, like and you reluctant, but it, it, the fantasy of even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to be the best at it. Mm. I and mean, he's the most sneakiest. And this movie does that super well. I mean, it's the same sort of thing like when we were talking about the Quentin Tarantino movies and like Kill Bill. It's a super, it's a fantasy. Yeah. Like yeah. it's for real, like a fantasy. And this movie fulfills that fantasy very well, like fantastically. And you have your victory moments. You have the moments of, you know, where you feel like maybe I won't win, but then you truly do. And I mean, like, with these type of guys... Uh, within him is like, yeah, he's going to, in this genuine moment, he's going to say, I'm sorry. And a lot of times, but when he gets in front of her and stuff, he's always going to put his foot in his mouth because of pride. Like once you strip a dude like that of their pride, then they're sincere. But if they feel like they can hold on to their pride, they're going to put their foot in their mouth. 
And that's the entire thing of his character in this film is he has to deal with that the entire time because he has to realize the whole reason he's there is because of his pride. Because he didn't initially come to uh, Los Angeles with his wife to support her for her well-paying job and being really successful at it. He was like, no, I'm a cop in New York and I got a lot of paperwork and thugs to put away. And so it's just like, it's all about that. If he hadn't been that way before, they wouldn't be in Nakitomi Plaza on Christmas Eve. They would have been at home with their kids. Yeah. I truly believe that. Oh, yeah. The idea of that going the, to the a The entire situation party, is because of his pride. Well, I mean, his pride did not get Hans Gruber to want well, to steal. Well, no, but the <laughs> no. whole reason that they are uh, there is because of that. <laughs> yeah, that's a deleted scene. Yeah. That all, it all would have happened. That cop is too prideful. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, he's like, that cop is too prideful. Well, whatever. I'm just dissecting his character. No, I, I, I'm, I'm going to help him his marriage out by giving him something that he can be... Not pride for a I'm going to really ch- hope I don't I'm fall going out to of check window. him on this. <laughs> but yeah, if he if they if that into, all of that hadn't have happened, I mean they would have won. They would have gotten the money and they would have left because there wouldn't have been anyone standing in their way except for Mr. Beard, Mr. Talky Talk and Yeah, but even that so guy dope. wouldn't have been a problem because he's not trying to get in the way of Holly anymore. So really yeah. the only person who would have still died for sure. I mean you never know. Maybe somebody else well, would have No, they will all have died. <laughs> Oh, yeah, because they're going to blow up the roof. Yeah, they're the blow The blow up the roof. Everyone would have died. Uh, yeah, everyone would have yeah, died. So John saved everybody. Because <laughs> yeah. he was so a shitty husband. So his pride, because he was a shitty husband, people lived. So the takeaway so is... So your argument is right, but it definitely gives the wrong message. I mean, see, <laughs> yeah, the, the takeaway is definitely be a shitty husband. Yeah. Well, it's funny, okay. Like, the, the thing of the argument, actually, like that ended up in, a, in the script, because in the original book, it's... Um, You've read the book, right? I've read the book, yeah. yeah fucking difficult to get hold of it's really expensive so i got an ebook of it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not paying 200 pound for a book in acceptable condition <laughs> <laughs> was that quote unquote acceptable yeah <laughs> which means it's not on fire anymore yeah. <laughs> you get half the book and, and uh, then you got to put the rest of the pages and no i've read the i've read the original book it's it's there. That die hard, like it's there, the story's there, but the character's older, it's his daughter, not his wife. Oh. Um oh. the like there's a lot more internalized stuff in it. There's a lot Does more... he say Yippie Kaye, motherfucker? No. Um I'm not reading this book. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, sound like he's so much of a cowboy. <laughs> yeah, the the ending's like super dark. Like it, it's it's the same sort of standoff but both Gruber and his daughter go out the window. Oh god. And then he basically is bleeding to death at the end of the book and succumbs to his wounds and you're led to believe he dies as well. Spoiler so, alert. So Mary Elizabeth Weinstein dies? Well it would have been his Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> it's um I see what you're doing and I yeah. like it. <laughs> I'm just going to keep bringing those movies now that I know how much they annoy Matt. <laughs> I would have just done those too had I known I would get this much of a rise out of them. Such a dick. It's just a, bat- <laughs> it's just a battle of those last two movies. Yeah. <laughs> and we're talking about how great they are yeah. to Matt. I would rather shit in my hands and clap. Do you remember that time when he jumped on the plane? That was so believable and awesome. Oh, yeah. And I like that they got rid of the word fuck. Like, that just, it rubs me the wrong way. I know. It, it hurts about, my ears. To talk about something I do really appreciate about this movie is that his wife is never 
really in distress. She's never a damsel. She no. is so, she is so fucking strong. Yeah. Like, she's yeah. so composed. What idiot she, put you in charge? She just knows how to talk to this guy. Like you almost feel like Gruber respects her because of how well she's there, able to. Yeah. There's no almost about it. He yeah. definitely respects yeah. her. Definitely. And then, and then he's really angry when it turns out that she's the one that he needed to be controlling the yeah. whole time. And he sort of he feels like betrayed by that. Yeah. Oh, it, oh it's so. It good. was yeah. you. <laughs> and it's just like this is what I mean. Like it's it's a perfect film of setups and payoffs. Yeah. She's pissed off at him. She slams the photograph down. Set up. Yeah. The only yeah. thing that payoff. He picks the photo up. The thing oh, that I really so wish yeah. that they hadn't have done with her character is that when he comes at her, I wish they hadn't disheveled her outfit. When she start to see her side boob and her bra and stuff, I'm like, really? We kept her incredibly non-sexualized and empowered this entire time. I wouldn't say it's sexualized. It's, it, 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 whenever it's you very, see a it's woman, very, very, it's just small, it's but it's still, it's still a thing. For, for, is it a sticking point for me of how often a woman can be on screen and not be sexualized in some way in a movie? Yeah. And it's well, the same thing at the end of Alien when, oh, yeah. she, Alien when suddenly she's definitely. in her, she's a really yeah. great, strong female character the whole time. We end the movie in her panties. Yeah. Right. But, and from, like, the, from the ground up on. shot. Oh, yeah. I think, that, I think Alien is a little bit more. It's way worse. Yeah. But, but the, it's still he, the same sort of thing. In this movie's defense, and I, I've seen this movie more times than I can actually count. Like, I was talking to Matt a little bit before we started recording. Like, I think I've seen it too many times at this point. I've never noticed that. You mentioning it now makes me go, I need to go back and rewatch it. Like yeah. that is something like I just pointed it out while we were rewatching it. Oh, I remember you saying it and me just going, I don't know what you're talking about. I like, said, I There's just, her boob, and you're like, wait, where? Like, it's right there. <laughs> that does sound like me. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. But that, but that even points out even more. Like, there's a boob. What yeah. where? Like but, I just, yeah. it just yeah, never it's, it's not it like it's not like other other films where they'd like they'd focus in on it but or that, something to like me that. that just, just that to me personally that makes it more glaring because what was the purpose of it? I think it's Oh, just... that doesn't make it okay. It really does feel more like a I gotta put something in here. It's like the yeah, topless girl, yeah. like when they when they blow open the doors and the people having sex. You have to have the topless girl yeah. right out of the room yeah. first. Like, like, at what point was Hans Gruber pulling at her shirt? When did that happen? It, it, yeah. it does rag her around. But yeah. when, I guess, when but it's a gigantic cause... 80s powered shirt, so they're huge. There's fabric to spare. I, well, yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I just think that it, it, it's unfortunately, very unfortunately, yeah. a product of its time at that yeah. point. Yeah, that's yeah. Just a, it's a nitpicky it thing. It could have been a lot worse. Yeah, it but... could have been worse. And, I mean... If that's what we're going after to try to say, like, what didn't work in this movie, well, I think that's yeah. a pretty. Well, yeah. This is pretty one of my box. criticisms. Yeah, I do appreciate how filthy he gets throughout the film. McLean. Yeah. He oh, starts yeah. out in a in a like fully clean wife beater, and then by the end of it, it's cut. Completely covered in blood and dirt and yeah. I do remember dark that. brown. So I do remember that being taught in film school about like design and like clothing and fashion yeah. being a means to tell a story. So like, and that's the like uh, one of the things that really nobody talks about with Die Hard is I think the the costumes are on point for everyone. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I really like the design. Like everyone feels like they were designed. The nerd has a nerdy out. sweater. On. Exactly. Like everyone. Like they put time and effort into this, which I mean, for just kind of a. I'm what not, could have been a schlocky action movie? Yeah. Like just the amount of care is impressive. And I didn't I did really get like understand a, why the the blonde nerd was wearing sweatpants the whole time. That was a little weird to me. But he gets murdered pretty fast. Yeah, he, yeah. And then He's his, his brother with the Fabio look, it gets all crazy. 
I love that guy. And, and I mostly love that guy because of the way that fucking, what's his name, Danny, in Last Action Hero, describes him. Like in Die Hard, he's hanging there from the fucking nuggets. <laughs> he gets really <laughs> excited about it and just brings me joy. Um, but we haven't really talked that much about Hans Gruber, and I feel like we must. Yeah, we have to. because He's one of the best Rest movie villains. Rest in peace, Alan and, Rickman. And, yeah. yeah, and this is the thing. It's like he's he's played like he's the good guy. Yeah. And it's like, you know... John McClane's getting in my way. This 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 is annoying. And it's like Alan Rickman's character is the catalyst for the entire film. Without him in there, there's no film. Oh yeah, and he does a very good job of something that I feel like everyone is doing to a point that annoys the fuck out of me now, which is he is the hero in his own story. Yeah. And I think he like this one called for it, and I think he does a really good job with it. And it's something to use in three when uh, his is it his brother in yeah. three like when it comes back. It's like from Alan Rickman's point of view, he's doing everything right. Yeah. Like, yeah. yes, he's a thief, but he's doing a thief because that's what he does. And he is an exceptional yeah. thief. He even and says so. Yeah. He, his pride, another th- it's a good mirror to uh, McLean a little bit with yeah. the pride thing because he could stop. He could stop and they could leave, accept defeat, and everyone would be fine. Yeah. But his pride gets in the way. Because he's and planned I, everything yeah, out. Yeah, he's like, just, it's still, yeah. we, there's, we're surrounded by cops, but we're still going to get this well, money. The, the, well, that's part the of the plan. Yeah. Part of the plan. And that's this why I thing. love the part when uh, Miss McLean, because I can't remember her Holly. first name, Holly, just looks Holly at De Niro. him. Yeah, she looks at him and goes, all the swagger and still just a common thief. Yeah, and he just oh, it irks him. Yeah, like that I am makes an exceptional him mad. Oh, general. <laughs> since I'm moving up to kidnapping, you should be more polite. <laughs> like that's a great moment. It's like but every moment with him is yeah. a great moment. Yeah. Like he, it, if you like, I have a, a theory on this whole like the bit where he kills Takagi. You take that out of the film. By the end of the film, before the time he starts doing all the nasty stuff that he does at the end of the film, by the time he gets there, it's too late. You are wanting him to win. You have to have that really gruesome, brutal murder of Takagi in there to not root for him. Because he is so charismatic, he is so charming, he is so just nice. I mean, you're, like, on, you're, you're almost on his side, perversely get, enough. Yeah. You get Stockholm Syndrome yeah, through viewership. Yeah. And that's why it's so important that he kills Takagi and not just, I forget his name, Beardo McDoucheface. Yeah. Uh, that's like, a good enough <laughs> Well, that's the thing, is if it was only Doucheface, yeah. we'd have been like, Beardo well, he deserves it, please. Like, Beardo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if that was the only guy they killed, it'd be like, well, he was a Doucheface. I so. wanted him to die. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and Takagi seems like a legitimate good dude. Yeah. Like, He's just a nice guy. I mean, like, you know, to the point where Holly's there, like, don't move, don't move. And then he's, like, going around. He's, like, you know, going, talking about his history. He's, like, interned Manzana, 1942-43. And, yep. like, looking at all these people. And then Takagi's just, like, enough. And he just, sort of, like, he's, like, yeah. there. He's, like, no, stop. I'm I, this. I'm Takagi. I did want yeah. to call out the, the interesting interplay between the criminals, the terrorists. They had a, they, I believe, I felt like, they had a history together, which is something I don't necessarily think that any action movie really tends to focus on or that I've noticed in any of them. Beyond, like, unless they're like a family criminal like thing. Right, unless they're a family criminal thing. Yeah. Like this one, they each had like, they would talk to each other with their their face, like their face and their eyes and be like, no, over here. Or like they would, they, have, they had like this. They weren't just henchmen. They weren't just henchmen. No. They were They were friends. a crew. They like, were a crew, yeah. 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 Like they were like Dominic Toretto's crew. Like, if you go back to, like, the original, like, Fast and Furious, where they were criminals, oh, yes. like, that's kind of what they, they are. Like, they, they pull all these jobs They're together. They're not quite they as fashionable. But I didn't realize, well, like... I mean, Dominic Toretto's awesome. Yeah. I didn't realize that... He's that... no Hans Gruber. <laughs> I love Dominic Toretto. Do not take me the wrong way. I would, yeah. I would watch a movie just them talking. 
There would be you'd have excellent Hans Gruber. Yeah, it'd be fun. <laughs> Don't mess with my family. My family. Do you want a co or uh, what is it? Uh, Corona. 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 You want a Corona Gruber? He'd be like Corona. As long as it's Corona. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't realize that that was that that really drew me in this time watching it through. Just the fact that the criminals felt real, not just two dimensional. We're the bad guys. It was more of these guys were all their own Robin Hood and Prince of Thieves kind of yeah. going through. And the one that really stands out for me, like that, that really puts that across is, um, I forget the actual character's name, but uh, the actor's called Al something or other. And he's one, he's like, he's basically 80s Chinese oh, yeah, oriental yeah. bad yeah. guy. He's yeah. in like Lethal Weapon. He's oh, in, yeah. He's like Trump in Little China. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's, he's, he's in loads of things. I think he's a stuntman. As well, I think so. Yeah, um, but there's the scene where they're getting ready. The SWAT's coming, and he's waiting. And he looks down. There's a chocolate bar. He looks up. He looks back down. Then he looks to the side, and then he reaches in and grabs a chocolate bar. It's those little <laughs> moments there that sort of like turn these characters. I'm still a thief. Yeah, it's like you know, you could have just had him just sort of like waiting, and then it'd been it'd been fine. But those little moments, it's just like. I really want a chocolate bar. And it makes yeah. them, it makes them even, more real. Even yeah. uh, Beardy McDouche face with the Coca-Cola. That yeah. was his demand yeah. to have a Coca-Cola in yeah. a glass while he was making like doing his sales pitch. Yeah. Well, and it just goes back to what I said earlier of like the amount of care in this movie. Like it, it's yeah. it, it's it's what makes it more than just that action movie from the eighties. Like there's mm. how many action movies came out in the eighties? There's like fucking oh, one a week. Jesus yeah. lords. Yeah, and, and like, you know, half of them were Stallone, half of them were Swartz and Exactly. Like, so like the, and you, the body oil industry did great in the eighties. <laughs> And one thing we'll that never like recover. That you <laughs> and get... there is body oil in this movie too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's just it's just covered in grease. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's definitely something that they taught us in film school about this movie because uh, Die Hard and Alien 3 I think was the one that like they really pushed hard when I was in school. And Alien 3 that was a Columbia thing. That's not most film schools. Yeah. Most of us most film schools do not make us But why dive would you put those together? It's a weird thing. But the the point for Die Hard was the specificity of the yeah. the candy bar, the Coca-Cola, yeah. and things yeah. like that and Alien 3 it's was all about the thousands of scripts. They're like, nah, this one won't work. This one won't work. All of these would have worked better than the one you fucking chose. But what does mm-hmm. that... They, do they teach that in tandem with Die Hard? No, 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 no. Okay. Different There's times. Different. That's how I was confused. Those Columbia, were the two big yeah. ones that were taught. Today we're time. comparing Die Hard and Alien 3. <laughs> I mean, they do class. both take place in one building. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Although, criminals. A lot of dudes, also one woman. A yeah. lot of dudes, one woman. Yeah, okay. Although there's a lot of women in the room that we're not the, Yeah, there's a, bunch of, there's a bunch of women in this movie. One speaking don't... role. And you've no, got... there's oh, the there's... pregnant lady. Yeah, just, just going back to and the, like, the pregnant lady part is another thing that builds up the, the Hans Gruber character where she says, we've got a pregnant woman out there and, and he's immediately like, oh God. And she's like, no, she's not due for a week, but sitting on that rock's not doing her back. Anyway, can I move her to her office where there's a sofa? And he's like, no, but I'll have a sofa brought out to you. You could have just said, no, fuck off. Yeah. But it's like, no, I'll have a sofa brought out to you. Good enough. And he asks the question. It's like, is that good enough? And then she's like, yeah. And, this, and it's an a conversation. It's an interesting way to be a villain and ask for Like, yeah. that conversation is weird in a villain kind of heroine sort of dichotomy there. It's even It's so, like she's as, asking her boss. Can we just... Even so, yeah. as a villain, that is great tactics. Yeah. Because if you can seem like a reasonable man, that's how Stockholm Syndrome works. Yeah. You make people believe that there is a part of you that worries about your well-being. But well, they could have just as easily gone the other way and he could have just been like a generic mustache twirling bad guy. Yeah. yeah. But that's what makes Die Hard so iconic, I think. The fact that the villain 
was so relatable. As as relatable as the well, the hero. I think, it, I think it doesn't work into relatability. Like I don't think he's doing it out of a moral stance. I think I like what I was saying. I think he's doing it out of like a conniving way of knowing how to control these people. Because at the end, he just is gonna kill all of them. Yeah. But I mean, it's again, it's I'm not sure if it's it's the faux relatability. It, yeah. To the, yeah. It's the but that's audience. That's what I mean. He's yeah. he's, he's using the, it as a weapon. We don't know that. He's yeah, not, but it's, it's not a moral thing. It's the it's the quality of the filmmaking, the quality of the performance going. Do we believe the same thing that Holly is believing in this moment? Like yeah. that he really does care that she's uncomfortable right now? Because we don't know that he's going to kill everybody yeah. until maybe what two thirds of the way in. Yeah, because that's the thing you don't know at the time. Like the first time you ever watch it, you don't know at the time what the ending's going to be. Yeah, I, I get all that. But like that's kind of like that's why I think it works. Like Which I, is I, why that's why it works I think when he works. flicks yeah. that switch as well when he does become just brutal and it's like in just very. He's just a criminal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and it's it's interesting. An exceptional. Like, again. In the books, it was just terrorism, and uh, they turned it for a film. They turned it into a heist film. Here's a question that I, I didn't know. What uh, did they want the money for? I don't know. They just what wanted is... to go to a beach and earn twenty yeah. percent. Yeah. Okay. What does anybody want money for? To have it money. costs yeah. a lot to go to the beach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, they were buying their own island. <laughs> were, was the the shoes thing in the movie or no? Or in the book? I know it's in the movie. Toes in the carpet. No, I'm talking about the not wearing shoes. Oh. The I think it was. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've read it, so I'm trying to think like specific things. Another thing that was taught, the shoe thing. Yeah. yeah. The shoe thing, that is like exceptional setup payoff. It's like, you know, the first scene. Oh, yeah. They set the it up sh- way you know, early. He's like, take off your shoes, your socks, walk around, make fists with your toes. Then he makes fists with his toes. He's barefoot. There's the thing of him trying on the, the terror shoes. And it's like, oh, it's too small. Yep. And that all leads up to shoot the glass. That's oh, so good. One thing that I really appreciated on the rewatch of this movie at the very beginning is that dude on the plane, he is giving McLean doomy eyes. Oh, like he's I'm, into him. Oh, I'm convinced that him talking about the toe thing is just him trying to flirt with McLean. <laughs> like, mm, look there at is, this hot piece of man meat. There is actually a, a <laughs> cut-out part of that scene where the air hostess hits on him. Yeah. And it's it's cut out. It's it's on it was on the DVD age ago, like extended versions of like scenes or something, and the air hostess hits on him, which is why when he walks away, he gives that really weird look back because okay. she she hit on him. Um, I can't remember how she did it. It was like really cringy, hmm. um, like Lucky Bear or something. She said or something like that. You know, something really cringy. Ugh. Yeah, <laughs> and that's why he has that really weird look back. That that's um, yeah. That would have been a great way to like get into L.A. Everyone's <laughs> hitting on McLean. I mean, you gotta love that hair. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna go away soon. That was the joke. Don't hold on. <laughs> If you talk about someone with good hair, Alan Rickman. He is a fantastically attractive villain. I think that it was a joyful thing for action movies of the time, is that villains generally had really good hair. They did for a while. And do you know what? That's his first film. Oh, yeah. That's I thought he had a short. I thought he had one thing before, like as like a walk-on role. This was a short leading role, maybe. But this was the first, like it from everything I read, out. it was yeah, his, this... it was his first actual role because he'd done. He was a stage actor. That's right. That's right. That's he was a stage actor. This was his first film. I get him and John Hamm mixed up a lot because like John Hamm was like an acting teacher doing yeah. fuck all until he got Mad Men, and then I always get him confused with Alan Rickman because he was also got started much later in life. Yeah. Except they don't. Well, okay. Cigarette smoking by the next house is like <laughs> people. Uh, I think that's pretty much everything we can say on this thing. Uh, oh, we didn't talk about the cops at all. Oh, but oh, no, we man, didn't talk about that man love at, all, at the end of the movie. Oh, my God. Oh, I, there's, is... 
Every time I've watched this well, movie since I've gotten old enough to understand relationships, I've uh, I've always wanted when he's walking out with Holly and he's been shot and he's just going to go into a limo and go home instead of going to a hospital like he fucking he should. He really should go to a hospital. <laughs> All well, I wanted, he as died, soon as he died on the way home. As soon as he sees the guy from Family Matters, I just really want him just to drop Holly and just go straight oh, for it's him. it's so beautiful. <laughs> like, I'm done the, with you. Their eyes, their eyes lock the sea of people moves it's just like boom they're electric to each other you just need all the gnat sound to just slowly fade out bring up the romantic cue and just have them just oh embrace and just start making out they already had the fog there oh yeah he could be an amazing gay icon right there be like the reason their their marriage didn't work is because he actually just isn't into women and (laughs) this is his man because i'm in love with that man (laughs) oh i've only ever spoken to on a radio and no idea how he looks that but But that's true love right there it's just a shame he's my twinkie (laughs) it's just oh god (laughs) it's just that's good it's just a shame that fan fiction did not exist back then Uh, i'm sure it did i'm sure it did yeah it was just very private <laughs> I don't know how that makes it better, but it does. Uh, I, all right, I do so, want to call. It, uh, nope, never mind. I forgot it. I said now we've said everything we can say. Right. Movie. Uh, so let's move into. I wasn't going to do quotes, but I feel like we probably still should, because uh, this is easily one of the most quotable movies I think of all time. Um, there's the big ones. There's the little ones. Yeah, some uh, as big as your head. Uh, <laughs> Nobody can have the obvious one. If you need it, you can use it. But I don't but think... But there's that many others you shouldn't Because mine is not the obvious one, but it is still one of them. And it's yeah. just because I used to say it all the fucking time. <laughs> uh, and I've slowly phased it out of my speech. But all the time, especially while playing video games, if I ever was playing a game where I had somebody drop in, uh-huh. it was always... Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> I just love it. It's so good. See, that should be how the podcast starts now. Yeah. <laughs> you, you address the audience. Welcome to the party, pal. This is yeah. for the hype. <laughs> I'll think about it. Okay. Oh, cool. I like yeah. changing it every week. So yeah. that's how I probably should have started. Do this a week. different language each time. <laughs> oh, there we go. So for me, it's <laughs> favorite quote in the film. It's difficult to pick one, but I just love this one just because of how the impact it has on it. It's uh, Hans is addressing the people and says, I want this to be professional, reasonable. But Mr. Katsukagi did not see it that way, so he won't be joining us for the rest of his life. <laughs> and it's just that... Oh, the, the, the reaction, everyone's like, oh! <laughs> but it's like, I'm like, that's an amazing line! I, I like the when he's calling the dispatch. And like, this is reserved for, you know, it's a private channel for police. And he's like, what, is it, what does it look like? Uh, no fucking shit, lady. Does it sound like I'm ordering a pizza? <laughs> and just the look on her face is per- like chef's kiss in terms of a funny moment in this. God, I'd miss Bruce Willis. Yeah, back when he gave a shit. Yeah, it was so nice. Yeah. Joey, favorite line? I forgot the one that I said I was going to do. I know, you <laughs> shouted it out too. I don't remember uh... For those of you who don't know, Chewie is the best person to watch movies with. I know I'm very biased because I'm married to her, but she is the best person to watch movies with. Why? The shit you shout out in movies is just the... When we went and saw... I'm just killing time while you look up for a line. When we went and saw Legion in theaters, the Paul Bentley movie... Uh-huh. My God. <laughs> that was a movie. She was a running riff track throughout the uh, entire thing. It, it, well, it made the entire experience that much better. That movie was amazing. <laughs> I, I, I just... What was I saying? Uh, she's pregnant with um, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, she's got. She's pregnant with God. Clearly, it's Morgan Freeman. 
talking at that level in the theater, by the way. <laughs> Which is not the norm. It's just that movie just brought it out of it. Oh my god, I'm so annoyed that I forgot the quote. I, sh- I need to start writing these things down. Well, there is the obvious one. Which one is that? Shoot the glass. Or... My or, favorite part of that whole thing is or, he says he says it in German. It's like Carl, she said Vincent, and Carl's like what? And he goes shoot the glass. It's like you're German. You should have understood it. Um, <laughs> well, one great moment that I did appreciate and yes. works perfectly good for my sense of humor is how Hans is faking this like altruism shit. Oh yeah. And he goes through this huge thing about like he needs these guys released from prison in Sri Lanka. Oh. And he, the guy's like Asian Dawn movement. <laughs> and Hans goes, I read about them in Time magazine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. And I love everyone's reaction as well as like cuts to McClendon going, What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> He was a really good thief. He was a really oh, good thief. And he, he played did a lot the, of research. He, he, F- wasn't. <laughs> he played the cops in the FBI so hard. Yeah. It was I mean, so yeah. delicious. The FBI, actually, the FBI agents were okay. The uh, deputy chief, whatever dude that comes along, he yeah. sucks. This reminds me I, of Nam. I was a kid. Yeah. I was in junior high, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> but the I, whole time. I, like, loved, I love that. This is Agent Johnson. No, the other one. I used to, me and my friend used to, like, equally both like that. We always used to joke about what did the guy say to him on the other end of the phone for him to go, no, the other one. We used to joke about, like, you know, hey, I got that blow that you wanted. So, no, the other one. <laughs> oh, my God. We didn't even talk about the newscasters. Oh, God. Well, just... All there is to say about him is, no, I am God. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, one of my favorite moments in this movie is seriously when we first see the newscasters and the guy from Biodome is going up to the other guy on TV and talking at him. And just that stink face that the oh. guy on TV Harvey, gives we're him. on the air. Oh, it's amazing. Like, that is some great a. switch that smile. It's like, good evening. This, this is... Great A stink face. And then when he's done smiling, doing his low thing, he turns back to him and gives it to him again. Oh, the follow-up stink face is the oh, best. Oh, it's so the, good. The, news, the newsreaders, I completely forgot about because they've got one of the best ones in the film of like... Um, so the terrorists are going to be going through, the hostages were going to be going through a late stage of the Helsinki syndrome, as in Helsinki, uh, Finland. Uh, so Helsinki Street, Finland. <laughs> <laughs> and just that, like... Just the, the producer just goes, oh, and just like face palms. <laughs> and, the, and the smug look on the reporter, because he's like, like yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then he gets a swift punch to the face. Good. Yeah. Well, a different uh, reporter. The, the, oh, all, the, all, the yeah. report, all the reporters yeah. are terrible. This, <laughs> that's the in-studio reporter who fucks that up. The the other one is like uh, is the one on site who's just like so sleazy. I don't think the person oh, who wrote this movie liked journalists very much. No. Probably no. not. No. Uh, what are they now? <laughs> review system for this movie. Uh, I keep going back and forth on it. And it's kind of tough. Because I wanted to do another compare one. Because Matt hasn't had to do that before. But I couldn't really think of a good one for that. So I'm just going to go with Stuffed Bears. Ooh. How many Stuffed Bears would you give this movie? That was not a bear, though. It was, it was supposed to be a bear. It I know it looks look like, like a, a bear. That, that bear also appears in The Hunt for October, another John McTiernan film. Oh, there you go. Yeah. How many Stuffed Bears? Or what Stuffed Bear? Or what if you want to do with Stuffed Bears? Stuffed Bear this movie. God, sounds that sounds like, dirty. Sounds one like dirty, grubby stuff. Gay porno now. <laughs> one, one grubby, grimy, dirty stuffed bear with a with a vest on covered in blood. Perfect. John. A bear with machine guns. 
it is a bear, a nice giant big bear that you don't know what to do with when you win it at the carnival, doing the, you know, the throw of a baseball ball and baseball ball <laughs> into a milk jug because that's classi- and a milk jug jug <laughs> yeah it's classically one of the hardest ones to do that's usually like they make it impossible but they did it i need to stop following you yours are much better <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh i am gonna go for a one run-of-the-mill standard teddy bear just wherever you find one you know probably like a target walmart whatever uh, just a random teddy bear that has a $100 bill stuffed in it that you didn't know it was there. So it looks super normal and easy, but oh, wow, this thing just keeps on giving. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Yeah, that works. Now, how'd you find that $100, though? Did you stick your finger up his butt? <laughs> I don't know and why there, that's and the there, first place you win, <laughs> but you're right. <laughs> We're talking about stuffed bears here, guys. <laughs> they had to be stuffed with something. $100 bill. Yeah. yeah. And apparently my finger. Uh, <laughs> Ooh, so, Teddy. <laughs> So that brings today's episode to a close. <laughs> uh, next week, assuming everything goes according to plan, will be finally the meaning of the Tree of Life. Oh, uh, I'm so excited. I've been excited for this episode for a while, even though it means that I have to watch Tree of Life yes. again, which bums me out because mm. it's fucking garbage. Brother. Uh, <laughs> I have never seen a movie suck its own dick as hard as the Tree of Life. Uh, you know what? That's not true. Short Bus does it way better. Right in the beginning, it comes all over his own face. Uh, check out Short Bus. <laughs> yeah, for self-sucking. <laughs> self-sucking over opening credits. Short Bus. Uh, joking aside, Short Bus is a really good movie, and you should see it. But there is that right in the beginning. Okay. Um, so we have Meaning of the Tree of Life. And then I have a feeling, I know I've, I've promised a lot of episodes coming up, and I've forgotten that Shazam has hit DVD. Oh, yeah, yeah. So right after the meaning of the Tree of Life will be Shazam. And then we'll move into all the other episodes that I've promised you. Here, cool. keep coming down the line. All right. Uh, Random plugs. Check out Venture Brothers every Monday. Check out Damage Boost every Friday. Check out Sam Wise every Tuesday. Check out the stuff that John's going to say. Demon Days every Wednesday. <laughs> there you go. Uh, be sure to listen to us every Thursday if you're not doing that already. Matt, anything to plug? Uh, yeah, check out my articles. They go out every Friday, usually. Um, usually, yeah. We've got a we've got a new um, copy editor of working now. Who's friend of yours, right? Friend of mine. Yeah, she's like just like flying through them. She was on she was on a train for five hours and and got through three articles and and that. Uh, oh my goodness! Journey. Yeah. I don't um, think we've ever officially welcomed her to the ATH family. Uh, I, now I'm blanking on her last name. It's Tracy Holmes. Tracy Holmes. Yeah. Very much welcome and thank you for joining us yeah. at ATH. Um, yeah, so there's an article that I'm working on, which I it's going to be a big one, like huge. A website crashing one, potentially. Okay. If the right people retweet, no, it really does good for us. Yeah. So you yeah. know, keep crashing. With no, them. that is a good problem. Yeah. Back in the day, it used to be the dig effect. You wanted yeah. the dig effect, where yeah, potentially if the right people retweet it, yeah, this could crash yeah. the website. It's going to be very comprehensive, very long. I. Don't think I will say what it's going to be yet. I want to leave people thinking, ooh. I'm going to spoil it. It's about Scooby-Doo. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to ruin it for It's you. about the inclusion of Scrappy-Doo across the franchise of Scooby-Doo <laughs> and how he has changed it for the worse. I mean, I'm excited to read it. I really am. <laughs> Me too. Now I kind of want you to write that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not about Scooby-Doo. <laughs> it has an S in it. Scrappy-Doo? <laughs> Just Scrappy-Doo? Puppy power. I'm getting warm. <laughs> that is Chewie's way of saying, 
We're done. So thank you very much, everyone. <laughs> I got the sun on my back right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's quite toasty. And thank I'm not you. acclimatized to this. <laughs> it's true. Uh, thank you, everyone, for Lula. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening. Bye. Bye. Bye.